a good day to be in church, amen? We li we're living in a time where it seems like a lot of people today don't want to go to church anymore. But you know what? I, I feel the need to get closer to Jesus. I don't know what it is, praise God. I feel the need to get closer and closer. You know, we're talking about a lot of things, and I've been noticing a lot of things about the world, and, 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 and particularly church, that God has called us together to hear his word. He's called us together to receive of the Spirit. And that's what matters. Listen, I pray to God, even if I got four or 50, I can preach with the fervent desire that the Spirit gave me. The power of God to move and to see His work done here in Coda Homes. I'm at a place, yes, I'm going to fight this fight. I made my mind up. Lord, I'm going to fight this good fight. It's worth fighting for. There's souls that need to be saved. Lives need to be changed. And we as a church need to realize that we're not here by chance. We're here because God wants us here. And you're here not, not by mistake this morning. God ordained you to be here this morning because he has something for you. Amen. I got this message a couple of weeks back. I never preached it yet, but I felt last night I needed to bring it up. Let's talk about judging this morning. Uh-oh. <laughs> I want you to turn me to Romans uh, chapter 14. Is it all right to judge or not to judge? To judge or not to judge? That's the name of that message this morning. Can we make judgment on people? Or can we not? Should you judge me or should you not? I want to show you something this morning. This is such a misbalance about judging because many people think that it's, oh, you can't say nothing about anybody. You can't judge people. But that's not what the Bible teaches. There's a way to judge and there's a way not to judge. But I'm going to talk about the way, first of all, the first part of this is not how not to judge. Okay? How many believe the Bible is still the Word of God? And I know there's people that's hearing me on the Internet and and we've been raised up in the modern church that, well, we can't tell people about their sin and we can't tell them about what they're doing wrong and, you know, we're not to judge. And, you know, they take that scripture out of context when Jesus said, uh, you know, when you judge, you got to first remove the speck out of your own eye. Then you'll see clearly to move it out of somebody else's eye. How could you try to take a plank out of somebody's eye when you got one stuck in your own eye? You want to tell people how to live for God, and you ain't living for God. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't doing that. I'm not just talking to you. <laughs> I'm talking to anybody listening to me over this Internet. If I go tell somebody not to commit adultery, do I commit adultery? No. <laughs> Only one wife for life. But if I look on a woman to lust after her in my heart, I've broken that very, I've committed adultery. So I can't go tell somebody else in here to say, well, you can't be sleeping with a woman not married to her. Are you sleeping with somebody else's wife or husband? But you see, we put on this self-righteous clothing, you know what I'm saying? We, we get them there, we, we do like the Pharisees, we get, we get our church clothes on, and we, our church, you know, <laughs> our toire on, and we, we, we remember holier than you. Well, really? <laughs> And I want to show you something because so many times we misinterpret the Word of God. The Bible says a false balance 
is an abomination in the sight of God. When that, you go read that out of Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1. A balance is something that you take and you weigh out. It, you see, when, 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 uh, when Solomon wrote that in the book of Proverbs, they would use weight measurements. You know, they would weigh everything on a scale by measurement. And it had to balance out because if one was found tipping the scale one way or the other, then that was considered a crime. It's an abomination. God hated it because you get to give the person his just weight, right? So when I come to you and I preach a gospel to you, I can't just go preach, don't judge, because the Bible says if you judge, somebody, God's going to judge you. And that's all I say, then I'm doing it that very thing. I'm tipping the scale one way. But today, I want to try to give you a balanced message of not judging. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay. Y'all ready? Buckle y'all seatbelts, chapter 14 of Romans. Verse 4. Who are you <laughs> to judge another man's servant? How dare you go and say to that servant, see, by his own master, he stands or fall. See, the, 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 the one that makes the judgment is the master. You, go, you got a job, and, and, and you go and say, you know what? Kevin, you're not doing your job. One of your, your, your fellow uh, workers said, well, I feel I'm doing my job, and my boss ain't said nothing, right? He's pleased with it. Well, who cares what you got to say about it? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? If my, if my boss doesn't approach me and say, Kevin, you're not doing, the, you're not doing your job, and if he, he, he's pleased with my job, and if, and if he sees I'm doing my job, who cares what you got to say, right? Come on. If, if, if I'm doing my job as a Christian... I don't care what you say. Because before my own Lord, I stand and fall. Come on, somebody. I make my judgments. God makes judgment upon my life. If God ain't said nothing to me, why the heck should I care what you say? Now watch where I'm going with that. <laughs> Listen, this is a balanced message. All right? And if we make the right judgments on, 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 on men... It still don't matter because God already has to make that judgment, right? But the judgment that I'm talking about, starting with false judgment, is trying to make accusations against someone you have no business making accusations against, right? You have no business saying anything. Listen, if somebody's sick in their body, uh, don't go to him and say, oh, it's because of your sin you're sick. Come on. <laughs> Come on. They, they're going through a trial and a test. They need you to pray for them. Not because they're sick because maybe they sinned. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. I, but you know what? What we got to do with people that are afflicted, say, listen, God has given me an answer. If you got a word from the Lord, go tell them. Don't let it be a word from you. Or, you know, a lot of people, Christians, and I watched in this church for years and years and years. People can tell what they want. They will, there was somebody getting back at somebody else. Wanted to find fault with somebody else. You know? And it was a self-righteous attitude, a self-righteous spirit. Always wanting, listen, and it don't only happen here. It happened all over. It happens in a lot of churches. You know? But to make a judgment against someone, and you have no right, 
in the God's earth to make judgment for somebody's eternal soul. Paul made it very clear. Who are you to judge another man's servant? To his own master he stands or fall. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. What an attitude, praise God. Don't get out there and try to pinpoint people's sins. If his, if his own master gives him the ability to stand, he'll stand. He's not going to stand because of your, your hypocrisy. A lot of times what it is. Hypocrisy. He's not going to stand because you say something. My Lord, I feel like preaching. He's not going to stand because you make accusations and say, I'm going to straighten this guy out. Go straighten your own self out. You're so worried about correcting something. Correct your own life. My God, come on, somebody. We're not in the business to make judgment on other believers. Now, I'm going to balance it out because most people say, well, you can't judge. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Listen to me. I'm going to finish it. I want you to understand what God is trying to teach us. There are people right now that I know, and they go to church. I know in my heart there ain't no fruit of God in their life. But if I go spread it to everybody else, they might never get right with God. Come on, if I go around talking about their sins to brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so and start a, 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 a fellowship about that person, no, it's a, no, it's not a fellowship. It's a gossip <laughs> I got to get on the phone. I got to tell sister so-and-so. We got to pray. Let's talk about her sin <laughs> or his sin. And, and they get on the phone and they start spreading their concern. That's how they use the word. I'm concerned about them. Well, if you're concerned about them, get on your knees and pray for them. Call them and tell them you love them and you're praying for them. You're concerned about them. Don't tell sister gossip it. Or sister brother uh, uh, <laughs> self-righteousness. Tell God. Come on, y'all. Why are we learning that today? As a Christian, you're going to follow the Lord. You're going to realize there's going to be some two-faced, hypocritical people that sit in the pews. And some of them got titles. Deacons and deaconesses and this ones and that ones. They all got titles. And you know what? They're sitting there trying to destroy lives. I'm not going to stand because you what you think about me <laughs> or what judgment you make upon me. I'm going to stand because of God. And his judgment on my life. And you, you want to hear this this morning? <laughs> Amen. Listen. I am not God. You're not God. Go to verse 10 in that same chapter. <laughs> Why do you judge your brother? <laughs> Come on. Why? You ever ask yourself a question? Why am I judging somebody else? Is it because I'm concerned about them? Or is it because... I want to hurt them. You can ask them so Is it because I, I want to get back at them? Is it because I want to get them thrown out of the church? I don't need them around. And you ever ask yourself why you're judging a person? Is it to make myself feel good or, or judge myself? Listen, a lot of time I tell, we Jan's talk about it. We can't judge somebody else based on us. We're not the measuring rod. You hear what I'm saying? We're not the measuring tape you measure somebody's life by. Because I can go back and tell you a whole lot of stuff that I messed up. But no, we keep that quiet, you see. We're going to tell everybody how good we are, how holy we are. And so we start judging people based on what we think we are. No, we need to get right with God. Can't judge people because we think we're holy and judge them by our standard. 
I'm not judging anybody in this room by my standard. There are people I'm concerned about, I'm praying for, and I'm still going to keep praying for. I'm not going to go there and spread their problems. I'm not going to go in there and spread their downfalls because it's judging people. It's, it's going to destroy that person if you do that. What is going to hurt you to get on your knees and talk to God and say, God, this is where it's going to matter. That's where it's going to matter. Who are you to judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? Oh, so if I'm judging him, I'm, I got contempt for him? That word contempt means to, to, to resist. Or, and, and the word I'm trying to look is, it's, 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 it's a word that we find as strife or division. We get that word contempt. We get contempt in the church, we get division. We get contempt in the church, we get strife. I don't want nobody to come and tell me I want to be just like you. Okay. <laughs> come walk with me for a day and you're going to find out how much faults I got. <laughs> right? Come follow me for one day. I get frustrated. I get aggravated. I get, I get mad. I get, oh, not you, brother. Oh, yeah, me. You know why? Because I'm not happy with something. Mostly it's myself. But you know, if I talk about somebody else, then, then it's going to make me feel good about myself. No, it don't. It's, it, it, does, it, it destroys your faith. Gossip is slander. Slandering somebody because they're going through something in trials and tests is not going to bring them back to God. You know, I'm, I'm going to throw a scenario. Just think if you know somebody that's going through something and they're just getting ready to get right with God and they go and say, well, they hear sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so or whatever. They, they're concerned about them. They started talking about them and the gossip gets all over the place. What's the chance of that person ever coming back to God? Because of your big mouth. My God, come on, somebody. I'm not trying to be hard this morning, but it's true. We fail because we don't obey God. We don't, we don't listen. What does that person mean to you that you're gossiping for? I don't care about it. I don't hang around. You know, you ever get that mentality? I just don't care about him. Well, you don't care about Jesus then. Because if you don't care about a soul that is hurting, a soul that is facing maybe death and, and hell maybe, then you don't love God. You understand what I'm saying? If you, you find you can spend more time talking about him than getting on your knees and seeking the Lord. You can spend an hour with no problem, time passing by, gossiping against somebody, but you can't spend five minutes praying and asking, uh, you know, time with the Lord. Oh, okay. Verse 12 says this. So then each of us shall give an account. What? <laughs> read it, somebody. I want you all to read that one. <laughs> Who are you going to give an account for? Ourselves. Not me. Not somebody else. You're not going to get before the Lord on judgment day and he's going to say, he's going to say, well, you did good uh, confronting so-and-so's life. And they're in hell today because you, you, you showed love and, 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 and now they, they're paying for their sin. No, that's not what he's going to say. He's not going to say that. Oh, you loved them? No, no, he's going to say you hated them because you saw no need to pray for them. Because all you saw was destruction and death in your, in, your, in your voice, in your path, in your language. 
You shall give an account to God for yourself. I'm reading New King James. For himself. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. But let us resolve this. Not to put a stumbling block. Oh. What if you're responsible for somebody dying and going to hell? How you like to, would you like to have that on your shoulders? You don't think you're opening your mouth, running your mouth is going to do that? You're responsible for keeping somebody from coming to Christ and you're going to stand before the Lord one day. It's because of you. That person is not here. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. We better be careful what we do with this little devil between the pearly white gates. That mouth, that tongue. Because we're going to give an account for it one day. I hope everybody listen to me in this room and everybody in there listen to me right now. You will give an account for your, your words. Every negative word, every destructive word, everything you say to destroy somebody or to bring, to bring condemnation. And Listen, if you love that person, go. Listen, I, I know you're dealing with that. You've got, you got this sin. Let me just pray. You don't have to go that way anymore. That's how you do it. If you really love them, tell them. Don't go over there and say, look at them with the self-righteous. I'm, I'm a church person. I go to church. I, I blah, 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 blah. You know, you know all, the, all the things we use. You know, you know what we say? And start saying, you know what? I would never do that. I was, I, listen, come on. How many of you done that? I would never do that. I would never stoop that low. Well, who cares how low you stoop? I'm being hard today, but it's the truth. Who cares how righteous you are? We start judging people by our standard. Come on, somebody. We say, this is how I live my life. Who cares how you live your life? If your life is not a representative of Christ, it's useless. If it's not a representative of prayer and being faithful, it's useless. We are children of the Lord. We're to represent Christ. We're to see and have his, his, his ministry in our hearts. How you use your tongue determines what's in your heart. You know what, you know what Jesus said? Out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaking. You know what the mouth is? A pop-up valve. It just, a, just says what's in the heart. That's all it does. It, it tells what you, what, you, what you have inside. If you can spend your, uh, most of your ministry gossiping and tearing people down, judging people, you're not of God. I'm sorry. We've all done it. We've all been in that boat. I haven't been in that boat. I have. And God spoke to my heart. You said, you need to stop, son. You preach the gospel. And you live that same word that you... Listen, if I can tell you to do something and I'm not doing it, what that makes me? A hypocrite. A liar. Because I'm telling... Jesus said this. All the Pharisees say, do it. But do not after their works. Because they say and do not. I can get up and preach the gospel. And it is the gospel and you, and you receive it. But if I don't do it, don't follow me. I can tell you to do all of this wonderful stuff God gave us in his word. But what good am I if, if I don't do it? I tell people to forgive. What, what, and, and I don't forgive. What, what am I? Right? I tell people to stop lying and I lie. I tell people to stop stealing and I steal. Well, I don't steal a lot. <laughs> I take that crescent wrench off the job or work or uh, extension wire or something. Or, you know, come on, somebody. 
What do you, what are you called when you steal? A thief, right? What do you call when you lie? A liar. Oh, but I'm a Christian liar. God lets you slide. No, he does not let it slide. You're a hypocrite. You can't enter the kingdom of God with the wrong heart, right? And yet you go in front of people and you start placing judgment and you got the same problem they got. Maybe worse. Jesus said that Pharisees would compass land and sea. They would travel to and fro to try to make a proselyte. He wanted a proselyte. He wanted to make them part of their religion. See? He wanted to make them just, they would go and travel around and try to make people like them. And he said, you make them too full more of the child of hell than yourself. The Pharisees were going to hell because they were hypocrites. They were trying to place judgment, but inside of their hearts, they were dead man's bones. They couldn't tell nobody how to live for God. They were stealing and lying and, 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 and using the temple to get rich. But yet they were walking around with their boxes on their head. <laughs> They walk around pious with their groves, but it was only a show, right? Only a show. Hallelujah. And of course, I'm going to quote these, but I got, I'm going to go to the next section of it, okay? Jesus said it in Matthew 7, 1, judge not, lest you be judged, right? And what judgment you judge, you're going to get judged the same way. The same measure you'll meet. And we're living in that time, and it's happening all over in the church, that people today are judging wrongly. They're not judging righteous judgment. Now, like, turn with me to Romans chapter uh, 2 real quick. It's right there, and I'm going to soon get out of Romans. I'm just jumping around. Chapter 2, verse 1. Does the Bible warn us not to judge? Yes, it does. It doesn't warn us how not how to judge. It warns us not to judge. Because there's a case in our life. Listen, when I get up in the morning, me and Janice, and we sit down and we decide what we're going to do, I got to make some judgments. I got to decide what I'm going to do. How are we going to do it? If I see things wrong in my house, I go to Janice and say, this is not right. So as the head of my house, I have a responsibility, responsible to make righteous judgments. I don't condemn my wife because she don't want to do it my way. Because it's going to be done my way. Because that's the responsibility. I'm not talking about, don't think that you're what you call a warden. You can rule your house like a, like a tyrant. That's not what I'm talking about. When it comes to righteous judgment, when it comes to judgments that matter, things that, 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 are, that I got to make decisions spiritually, then that's my job. <coughs> so I sit there and I judge my wife and she judges me. And we don't judge each other, condemn each other. We try, we, 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 no, we let both of us know that this is not right or this is right or we need to do this. So, you know what I'm saying? You're making judgments all the time. But Romans says this in verse 1. Now listen to these are strong words from Paul, okay? Therefore you are unaccusable. Don't come here no excuses. Don't come to, to me with no kind of, uh, well, this is... You know, no, you're unexcusable, oh man, whoever you are, who judges. There's no, there's no excuse for judging someone to condemnation, to condemning someone. If you come to me and say, Brother Lenny, I, I, I gave my life to Jesus, I'm a Christian. 
What am I going to do with that? I got to take you at your word, right? Now, if you go and do something contrary to what Jesus said, and I want that, I say, well, wait a minute. I don't. Jesus wouldn't do that. Come on. Jesus wouldn't act that way. Jesus wouldn't do that. Then, then you, then you got to back up and say, did, did I judge him? No, I just corrected him. Get it right before it's too late. You can settle that with God. But I have no power to send someone to hell. Neither do you. I have no power to send someone to heaven. I, ain't, I don't have that power. I don't have, listen, I'm only a preacher. <laughs> I am not the message. I said that. I'm only the messenger. I'm unexcusable who you are that judges your brother. It says, whosoever, whosoever of you who judge, for what should judge you judge another condemns yourself. For you who judge it practice the same thing. Uh-oh. Now it's getting serious. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? How could you tell someone to do something when you're not doing it? How many of you tell people that you need to pray and you don't have we got a prayer life? How many told somebody you need to read your Bible, but you, you don't have, barely, barely read it? It's easy to talk, right? It's easy to talk, Christian. <laughs> it's easy to say, do this and do that. Do you do it? Ooh. Hey, one thing I want to leave, if, the, if I, I go before the Lord tarries, I want to leave a testimony. Listen, out of everything I do in life, is that somebody says, I remember Brother Lanny, I, know, I remember Daddy and Mama, they served God. Though they went through trials, they never gave up. That's the richest thing you, you can give someone, especially your family. That they don't say, well... Daddy went to church, but he, he went down and watched, the, watched the, the stuff on TV that he shouldn't be watching. He, he's, he's looking at women in bikinis on television or something. You get what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. It's not what we do here. <laughs> it's what we do outside these walls. Right? So I wouldn't have, it, listen, I can sing good. I can preach good. I can do it. But if I go outside of these walls and do things contrary to Jesus, then I'm a hypocrite. And I'm telling you to do something I ain't doing myself. Do you tell somebody not to lie? Do you lie? Do you steal? If you tell, you tell somebody it's wrong to steal and you steal. It says here. And do you think this, O man, who judges another, practice such things and doing the same? That you will escape <laughs> the what? The judgment of God? You think you can escape? Listen, I've grown up in church most of my life. Seriously, 30-some years, almost 40 years. And I've watched it over and over and over. I've watched people come up and they say, I love Jesus. I'm going to serve Jesus. And, and, and all over, and where are they? You know what I'm saying? I don't know, but I'm not their judge. I can't determine where they're at or, what, you know, if they're serving God or not, or if they're in sin or not. That's God's job. But I can look at 
this and say, where's the fruit? If you call yourself a Christian, there has to be fruit, right? There has to be something producing in your life. You can't, this is, this is the point I'm talking about. I, if I go to you, Yvette, and I say, Yvette, uh, that, that what, what you've done, I know you didn't do that. <laughs> if you don't stop that sin, God will judge you. Who? Not me. See, I'm only giving Yvette a message. And that's the way we should approach the, the matter. The Bible calls it sin, and you don't, have, you, you, can, you don't have to live in it. And you can get rid of it right now if you want. But if I don't go to Yvette, and I go tell Janice, or Teresa, my mama, anybody, anybody else, and I start going, you know, what, you know what Yvette done? Huh? She don't, she don't belong. She don't deserve to be in, in, in God. She, she's a sinner. And she go around and, and, and you, know you know how a story gets bigger every time you tell it? It might be Yvette lied about something. And before they know it, Yvette's going to be a, a perjurer and an adulteress. And, a, and before you get to the end of the church, you done made her a, <laughs> a Hitler, man, before it finished with. Because the story never stays like it's supposed to be. It grows. A lie will grow. A, a, a gossip will grow. Listen. Mm. Starts with one little, little seed. One little lie. One little. The rumor we like the confession called. But one little rumor. And God hates it. Because Yvette might turn from the Lord. I'm not she might turn from the Lord and say, I'm not going back to church. I don't want to be around Christians. They're nothing but a bunch of tail-bearing liars. Well, to think about what will happen if Yvette stands before God and she got to go to hell because of your big mouth, because you discouraged her. I'm going to make up my mind, though. And me, I don't care what people say about me. I'm going to serve God. I told somebody the other day, he said, well, I used to go to church, and, and, and uh, somebody discouraged me, and I, I don't go no more. I said, I ain't going to let my eternal life determine what a man says. Hallelujah. I'm not going to let my deter eternal life determine what people say. So I'm, gonna go to, I'm going to church because I want to know God. So I, I can expect people to be like that. Come on, somebody. You can expect church people sometimes to be like that. And they're going to cause, and they're going to judge you, and they're going to condemn you, and they're going to they're gonna say lies about you, and they're going to they're do all that stuff about you. But I will decide, have decided to do what? Jesus. I'm going to tell you that story. I heard that the other day, and it just touched my heart. That story comes, that song that you sang this morning, comes from a man. He didn't even write it. He just spoke it. He was a missionary in a, in, a, in a jungle tribe somewhere. I can't tell you where it's at. And he was preaching the gospel. And the, and, and, and the guy, the, the tribe leader, the chief, whoever was running the tribe, brought him before the people, and they wanted to kill him, man. They hated him. He was preaching against their false gods. He was doing all kind of stuff. And he had two boys and his wife. And they were standing in the middle of this crowd. They gathered together, shouting things at them, asking for their death. <coughs> Excuse me. And he's sitting there, and, and the old chief or whatever, he's a tribal leader, and he says, if you don't deny this Jesus... 
I'm going to kill your two sons. <laughs> and they had those arrows, Ray, aimed at him. They used, they used, and and he, you know what he said? I have decided to follow Jesus. Shot his two sons dead at his feet. I don't know about you, but I know what I did not. Come on. Oh, Lord God. I don't know what, listen, and then he turns around and the chief looks at him and says, if you don't deny this Jesus, I'm going to shoot your wife. I'm going to kill your wife. You know what he said? The cross before me and the world behind me. Shot his wife. All his family members dead. And he said, if you don't deny this Jesus, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> the world before me and the world behind me. All dead in that one spot. And they say the, 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 the uh, tribe was at all. Oh, they got quiet. You know what they were thinking? This Jesus must be something else. This man would give up his whole life and his whole family. For this. I thought about that. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought about the very same. God, could I do that? <laughs> could I give my wife and my sons, my daughters, for Jesus? Oh, you're looking at me strange. And I wondered, I said, God, how, how faithful am I? You go around Tearing people apart. You think you're going to die for Jesus? You think you're really committed to Christ? I thought about that over and over again. I said, Lord, could I do that? Could I do that? What a man of God. That's a true story. And somebody caught those words he said. And they passed it down and it got into a little hymn we sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. Well, we, we missed it. I'm going to tell you that we've missed it. We don't know half of what it costs for us to come to worship here in this church today. Yet people treat it like it's nothing. I don't need to be there. It's not important. My God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Help us, Jesus. Turn with me real quick. To John, chapter uh, 7, verse 24. Jesus said when he comes back, will he find faith on the earth? Faith is just not a word. Like I said, it's, it's a way of life. It's what you do. It is your life, right? How many of you die for your faith? If you can't live for it now, you're not going to die for it then. All right? I'm, not going to be, I'm just going to be blunt this morning. It's the truth. Okay? This is John speaking. Chapter 7, verse 24, where it says, Do not judge according to the outward appearance, right? But judge with the righteous judgment. What kind of judgment are we supposed to use? A righteous judgment. What is a righteous judgment? A righteous judgment is, first of all, it's a love for that person. Right? Like Jesus 
loved us. It's a compassionate spirit. A righteous, a righteous, it don't look like, it's not a self-righteous. Because a self-righteous only judges based on what they see in themselves. And sad to say it ain't much. They only judge things based on how they dress and how they talk and how they, they, they look. And, you know, in other words, if you don't look like me and use the same religious words I use and dress like me, then, then you don't know God. That's, that's self-righteousness. Many people today would take the thief on the cross and, and they would cast him out of his church. Because he said, Lord, come on, Holy Ghost. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. He wasn't baptized. He didn't join a church. As wonderful as that is. I'm just talking to you where we're talking about. Where is what his heart was right. He told the other criminal, he said, this man has done nothing wrong. We are, we are receiving our just reward for our crimes and our sins. <coughs> Jesus, and he looked at Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You know, I was praying the other day, and I used to pray more. I said, Lord, count me worthy to escape these things that are coming to pass. I understand before the Son of Man. If God don't see me worthy, then I'm not worthy. If my ministry is telephone ministry, and you know what I'm talking about, getting on the phone and talking about everybody else, you ain't saved. Or if you're saved, you're going astray somewhere. But if I go to a person, and it's Kevin, I'm using you for Kevin. That is not right. Brother, God loves you. He wants you to live a holy and a just life. You don't have to face that. And Kevin could tell me, get the flip out of here. And that's between him and God after that, right? And my job is to continue praying for him. My job is to continue asking God to work in his life, that he does not perish. And we look at that concept and we say, well, oh, man, I can't get no glory like that. I got, I got, I got, I got to have glory. I got to let everybody know I am the one that led him back to repentance. I am the one that brought out his sin. That's not what he's talking about. Nobody has to know you talked to Kevin and confronted him. No one said, I'm going to go tell brother so-and-so. I, I, I told Kevin he needs to turn around. And I need to tell sister so-and-so he needs to get right. No, you need to tell sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so nothing. Right? My Lord, I'm preaching. You don't say amen. So. <laughs> you don't need to run to the pastor. Only if it's a concern, let's pray for Kevin. Kevin, I'm using you for example. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's where we at where we as believers. Did you hear what Kevin done? I went and tell our, our other church people, our fellowship, that uh, we, this is Kevin's sin. We need to pray for him. No, you didn't go. You didn't tell anybody. Start telling Jesus. Now confront him. If he doesn't, go get with two or three and, and then let, go take it to the church. If he refuses to repent, then, then that, that, that's his problem, right? I'm going to share something with y'all. I've been serving the Lord 30 some years, 40 years. You know what? I'm still changing. That's correction in my life, right? That's where I'm at. If I'm a minister of the gospel, I'm not going to, listen, I'm not out there to, 
to, to, to uh, tear people down. I put a stumbling block in somebody's way. I'm to remove the stumbling block. I'm to get out there and grab that brother by the hand. Listen, man, get right with God, man. Don't miss out on the things of God because of Satan's lie. God loves you. He wants to bless you. Not running and telling everybody his sin or her sin. Righteous judgment. I made a judgment on Kevin. But it wasn't a judgment of condemnation. It was a judgment of, of, of leading him back to Christ. You get where I'm coming from? It's a judgment that I made according to what I saw. That I don't want Kevin to go to hell. I mean, are you mad or wife or anybody else? Ray, anybody else? It's not that kind of judgment. I made a judgment based on a righteous judgment, upon what God sees. I can go to you and say, well, look, this is the Bible. The Bible says this. You, that's sin. And believe me, most people take that, 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 that same thing. They take it to brother sowing, like I said, sister sowing, so blah, 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 blah. And you know how big that story is going to get by the time he gets out the church door? Because, and you go back and you say, who started that gossip? You started it. <laughs> Who started that whole mess? You started it. Because you had to look holy. If you're not approaching, listen, don't, don't approach somebody because you think you're holy. You approach them because you love them. And you don't have to tell, uh, get on the phone ministry and tell somebody else. That's a tough statement, but you, you judge righteously, okay? Righteous judgment. Don't judge the outward appearance. And I had that happen just a, maybe last, you know, I've been here two years. Probably about four years ago, I was at church. And there's a man got in the church and he was, I mean, he looked like he just come out, crawl off him under a rock, Kevin. I'll never forget that what God told me. I said, son, he said, what do you expect him to smell like? He's coming out the world. What do you expect him to look like? And he said, that's what my grace is about. I want to save him. I felt this small. This small. Because don't he know he's in church among other dignified Christians? Shouldn't he dress better? He come in and look. I mean, he looked like, man, he looked horrible. You know what I'm saying? But with us, you know, we dress nice. Of course, he's not dressed like us. He don't comb his hair like us. He don't wear long dresses. Well, we don't wear long dresses. <laughs> he don't look like us. <laughs> and God said, that's what grace is. Grace is, that's what I came for. I came for people like that. Jesus didn't say, I didn't come for those that need not a physician, but those that are sick. The brother was sick. And the world has beaten him down and me kicking him, sure I ain't going to help him no, no better. Worsen it. All right. Judge righteous judgment, right? Let's go to 1 Corinthians real quick. What should we judge? It's very clear that through the Bible that God gives the church the right to judge. It does. We have to look at the world and we have to make judgments. That, that world is messed up. So that world is not right with God. So you made the right judgment because you can see the fruits of it, right? You can see what the world and what some people in church do. 
Most people getting out of church today, was, they, they can't wait to watch the football game, all right? And, it, and, and it, come on, preacher, hurry up. Oh, man. You know what I'm saying? I lost something. <laughs> oh, come on, preacher, hurry up, man. I, I, I give God a half an, uh, half an hour a, a week already. I can't, I can't afford another 15 minutes. <laughs> and you look at that and you say, is that person serious? I know I was one of them. <laughs> I got delivered. <laughs> and you know what? God said, son, is he the me or that? So you know who made the judgment on my life? Lanny made the judgment. It wasn't pleasing to the Lord. <laughs> it could be sports. It could be, uh, it could be anything. Anything that will stop you from making a decision when you could come here to be in church. Is an idol, right? But yet I was singing. I get my guitar out, I'd sing. And I was thinking about what score the saints was making at that time. I was, Holy Ghost, Lord, I decide to follow Jesus. I wonder if they want me to score today. I'm not lying to you. I am not lying to you. Worried about what's going on on that door. I worship the Lord today. I don't care how many people they had in this church. Because God spoke to my heart. He said, son, this is where I want you. Don't measure the people by number. I am here. I am here because you don't want me here. You want, I want worship. I want the Holy Ghost in this church. But even as a pastor, i got to make judgment. If it's not moving according to God's spirit, i got to confront it, right? So am I wrong by doing that? No. You ever saw how they had a house at Burning Bull Bridge, a big apartment? Some people said, well, i got to go get these people out. Now what if they said, let them take care of their own self? What if they said, I ain't going to do it? Somebody would have died, right? So that I made what? The wrong judgments. There are people, that's why I love the firemen and the policemen and all these people that give their life. Listen, there are people that went on 9-11. They went in that building and they died. They were going there to save lives. And they knew their responsibility and their job was to save lives. What's your responsibility as a Christian? I go to church. That's not your responsibility. That's one of them, but that's not the main reason. I read my Bible. That's still good, but that's not the main reason. Your main reason is to save souls and lead people to Jesus. That's the reason you're here. Can't be a barren sheep, right? Are people around you, your life, are you making a difference? You know, I had one time when I, well, Isaac was a boy. I was driving back in the truck. <laughs> And he said, Dad, I want to get saved. I'm five, six years old. You remember that? But you know, you look at what we sowed in his life, me and Janice. We went to church. We did all stuff. People say, I'm so tiresome going to church. I'm so tiresome. I could be doing something better. No, you cannot be doing nothing better. But you, people make judgments in their own lives, and, and, and the fruits are uh, evident. But we're to judge righteously. 
1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 27. God has given responsibility, the responsibility, no, chapter 2, 6, verse, <laughs> I got my 2 and my 7 stuck. It's really chapter 6, verse 2 through 7. <laughs> All right. Hallelujah. Chapter 6, verse 2. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? That's me and you. Now, wait a minute. He says not to judge, but now he's telling us to judge. We're going to judge. Is God confused? <laughs> Jesus said, don't judge. Let you be judged. But here, Paul is saying, don't you know we're going to judge the world? As a believer, when Jesus will come back and rule and reign on the earth, I'm not getting off into that, but do you know you're going to be ruling and reigning with him? You're going to be making judgments all across this world of what's just and right? Do you know the saints, the church, this little church is going to take part in judging the world? But the judgment has already been set by God. So you're only activating what God says. It's like going to a court. A judge, in, well, in some cases, don't make up laws. Not supposed to. He only does what? He only judges based on the law that's already written. Right? So when we judge the world, we're going to be judged in the world based on the law that was already written. You can't go up there and make new laws. And you can't go in there and say, say judgment based on what you think. My God, you are listening to me? We make judgment based on God's word. So the saints of God are going to judge the world. They're going to stand up with Jesus one day and, and judge the world. It says, do you not know that the, the saints will judge the world? And if, and if the world shall be judged by you, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? <laughs> What he's saying that you're going to be judging what you you can't even judge what's going on in the church. The smallest matters can't judge between each other. Who's right and who's wrong? And I'm not going to go over it, but you go ahead and finish reading that. It says that if you, you if you're wrong or take judgment or go to court with another brother, I said that said, why don't you just take wrong? I don't care if you're right or wrong. Why just take, not take wrong? Because God doesn't want his people going to court against each other. Because we're believers. Nothing wrong. People say, well, suing is wrong. No, it's not wrong all the time. Because there's, there has to be consequences, right, to what happens to you. If somebody takes, bumps my wife and, God forbid, she loses her life and he was wrong in doing it, he should. There's, there's penalties for that, right? But... When it comes to brothers and sisters in the church, we shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be suing each other. Over small matters? Over little things? My Lord, I hope you're hearing me. This <laughs> because why not take wrong and swallow your pride if it's going to bring peace? A dear brother told me one time in this very church, you know, Unity. That's what he told me. So I want unity, even though I have to take wrong to get it. 
Come on. God will take care of the rest, but sometimes, listen, I'm right and you're wrong. You ever got an argument, you ring, you all try to see who could throw the last word? I've done it with Janice. Yeah, but this is, I, and you're all going back. To see who can get the last word. Who the heck cares who got the last word? It's still wrong. <laughs> Arguing about some uh, conflict is not going to solve it. Why do we both say, listen, we're both wrong. If you're wrong and I'm right, if I, you're right and I'm wrong, it ain't, what, it's going to put more money in your, in your, uh, your bank account? It's going to make you more spiritual? No, but I got to be right. I was right and I want to be right. Well, you might not be right. When I'm talking about with the Lord. <laughs> Who cares who's right? If stopping the argument brings true judgment, and we'll just let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Who cares who's right? <laughs> and he goes on. Do you know, verse 3, that we all shall, <laughs> we shall judge angels? Us? Little me and you judging angels? Because they're going to be judged one day for the corruption that they did falling with Satan. You remember? The ones that fell out of heaven? Somebody's going to judge those people. And the Bible says the church is going to do it. Under Christ. Do you know we shall judge angels? How much more things that pertain to this life? What a pitiful case where we're going to judge angels. We can't even judge what's right here now. What's pertaining to, to us? To this life? If then you have, you have judgment concerning things pertaining to this life, do you not have, <laughs> I like this verse, do you appoint those who are least esteem in the church to judge? Let you can't get a baby Christian to make the right judgments in the church. That has to be done by people that are, you know, that have been the Lord in a while, that understand the spiritual sides and understand spiritual battles. You can't win, let, let a baby make decisions. Come on, somebody. You have to be ready to stand up and judge what's pertaining to this life. Now, that's the right judgment, right? When I said we had a balance we had to make, you know, we, we can't go there and judge a brother, sister, and the Lord and try to, con and then we got to go back and we have to judge things. But we have, it don't say you're not to judge. It says you make a righteous judgment, right? If nobody, a pastor would not judge the, what's going on in the church, the church would be messed up. Paul made it very clear to Tim and Titus, Timothy and Titus both. These were young pastors. He said, let me set up this order in the church. This is how it's going to run. You know, you're going to, have to, you're going to have to operate according to what I, the standard I lay for the church. So Paul said, this is my judgment. And his judgment comes from the Lord. So did he do wrong when he made the right judgment? If you're going to live for God, this is what God expects, Right? I'm almost finished. Amen. <laughs> oh, my, my. And he says in verse 5, I say this to shame you. Oh, my. Shame me? It is so that there is no wise man among you or woman, not even one, 
who's able to judge between his what? Oh, I thought we couldn't judge, brothering. I thought the Bible said not to judge uh, your brother. But this says there's not a wise one. That's the, that's the key word, wise. You're, you're judging based on wisdom, right? You're not, you're not judging based on self-righteousness or pride. You're judging based on wisdom. And that's the key. We missed it right there. See, you don't hear these verses in the modern church. We can't judge nobody. You can't judge nobody. It's not what it's saying there. He says you can make the right judgment between brethren, but wise judgment, right? <laughs> judgment that lines up with the word of God. Judgment that corrects and brings repentance. Not your, not your way of judgment. Not your self-righteous wisdom. It's what God says, right? Man, this is good. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. But a brother goes to the law against a brother, and that before unbelievers? You go before an unbelieving judge to get an answer? Verse 7. Now, therefore, it is already an uh, altered failure for you. And I'm reading the New King James, okay? So let's, that you go to the law against a brother. Why do you not rather take wrong or accept wrong? <laughs> why, don't, why, why not stop the fight right now? Huh? Why not stop the argument? But he did wrong to me or she did wrong to me. They should have never said that about me. Come on. I'm, listen, I, I'm going to make sure my voice is heard. <laughs> Who the hell cares? Come on, somebody. If you got a righteous argument, I'm going to call it, go discuss it. Somebody going to hurt my wife, my voice will be heard. I guarantee you, in church or not. And if we don't look at it that way, because I have to honor her as a weaker vessel. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to make sure her honor is, is respected. But that's for me. What is it going to do? How is it, what is it going to do to me? If I win the argument, or if I win, you know, the discussion, whatever you want to call it, is it going to make me more spiritual? Or it make me think, well, <laughs> I got my win. Um, I hope uh, nobody in this church messes with me. Come on, somebody. Why not take wrong? If need be, that peace could come, right? I wrote this down, okay? What is the true work? What is the true judgment for the church? How can the church, church uh, judge truly? I mean, the true way. First of all, the judgment has to come from God, right? It has to come from a reference to His Word. And I quoted it a while ago. I said, if you're going to tell somebody not to do something, do you do it? Listen, if you're a gossiper, you have no right to judge people. That's true. Amen? If, you, if you're a divider, if all you ever do is try to find fault with somebody else, you, you have no right to judge people. None. Shame on you. Shame on me. Shame on all of us. If that's what we think ministry is about. It's not. But as a pastor, as believers, you know, as a church, listen, you can, I've already made my mind up about the situation in our government. I pray for it. That's what Jesus But I know in my heart, they're not, they, they, it's not, it's, it's corrupt. And you know, when I put the TV on, I hear the same message over and over, blah, 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 blah. 
It drowns, drowns me. It makes me more angry. And it, it kills the spirit of God in me. So I'm not, I chose not to even, I know it. I know, I know what's going on. I know the corruption. I know, why sit there and hear it over and over and over and let my spirit be dead? Kill me spiritually. You listen to that junk all the time, you, you won't grow with the Lord. We could spend an hour talking about who's president, who, who's better than that one, and who's Republican, Democrats better than everybody else. You know what's going to happen? And no time talking about the Lord? <laughs> then we got a problem. If you think the government's corrupt, pray for it. Paul said it like this. Pray for those in authority and have rule over you. Pray for those in government. Because they were appointed by God. I'll tell you something. The Bible says that. I didn't write it. They were appointed by God to execute judgment against the evildoer. <clears throat> That's what the Bible says. If they're not doing it, and all they do is help the evildoer, then they're going to face God for it. I'm not here to judge. I can only tell you what the Bible says. I make, a, I make a judgment that if America don't turn from its sin, it'll fall. It'll, de- it'll die. God's going to judge it. Okay? Because the Bible says so, right? If our president don't repent... The vice president, the congress, the senators, judges, whatever's out there, don't repent. They will face God for it. They will stand like Pilate and stand like, like, like the Pharisees that had Jesus executed and stood in judgment day. When they died, they had to face the same Christ they nailed to that cross. Come on, somebody. And they had to face him eye to eye. And they had no excuse because they chose a robber, a murderer. Named Barabbas in front of him. Because they wanted him out of the way. But they didn't get him out of the way. Because now he's sitting on the right hand of God the Father. And now he's going he's gonna to judge the world. He is the supreme judge. He is the supreme Lord. He is the supreme word. There ain't no other. Sin must be judged. Okay? A little leaven, Paul said. And leaven represents... East. And he said, if you, uh, you leave leaven there, it's going to swell, right? Leaven's a type of sin. Paul said, a little leaven will do what? Leaven the whole lump. I heard a story of a, of, of a pastor. They had two lesbians in his church. And he wouldn't correct them. He said, I'm just love them. Pray for them. He would never correct them. And when it come down to them getting them out, they had took other young ladies with them, made them lesbians. They had corrupted young Christian girls while we were in the church because that lazy preacher wouldn't do nothing because he didn't want to offend nobody. We're, not, we're in a no offending gospel. We're in a no offending age. We can't, we can't judge. But maybe them little ladies that they took out of the church going to burn in hell with them. And you know who's going to answer for it? The preacher. The pastor or the mom and daddy let it go on, right? Because they would refuse to make judgment. We must judge sin in the church. The church is to the point to point out sin. That's what we're to do. We're here to stand against ungodliness, right? We're here to stand against sin. We're here to stand against sin in this community from one end of the road to the other. I pray every time, every Sunday morning we get here, and I'm saying, I'm binding that demon that's in this community. The demon of, of, of adultery, the demon of, 
uh, homosexuality, the demon of drugs. These demon, that's, you know, you've got to stop and realize God has given us power over all the powers of the enemy. If we don't pray against him, these people will never get right. Because there has to be something drastic that God's going to have to do in this community. And there ain't going to be enough place in his, in his building to put them. Because they're going to, the sin of their hearts are going to be revealed. You understand what I'm saying? God's going to reveal it. And we as a church have to point it out. This is why you in the place you're in. Because God, you, you, you've sinned against a holy God. But you, can, you don't have to stay there. My dear brother Mike, pastor, he told me that. He said, years before, he said, Lanny, don't ever preach without a way out. Somebody comes through that door, listen to me. We better preach hope. We better preach a way, for, uh, a way out of your sin. You don't have to go to hell. There's a way out. Not my way out. <laughs> Not what I think of you. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what Jesus thinks of you. And they say, well, I'm living in, in adultery. I say, I'll get out. Well, I'm living with my partner. No, she's not, they're not your partner. They're your, it's your sin. It's what it is. I didn't write this book, y'all. I'm not here to make people happy, praise God. But that's what the Bible calls it. Go read it for yourself. Find out for yourself what sin is. You see, we're so busy trying to live in this world without having to deal with nothing. Listen, you can, you can forget it. You will face this, You will face sin. And you will have to make a decision as a believer. We have to point out what sin is. I'm going to go on record today as saying sodomy or homosexuality or LGB or whatever you want to call it. It's sin. God said it in his word, especially the LGB movement. Oh, they flaunt themselves like, let me tell you something. The Bible says, don't let a man wear a woman's garment as a, as a man. It's an abomination. Go find that in Leviticus. It's a sin for a man to put on a woman's garment and portray himself as a woman or vice versa. God hates it. Let not a man lay with another man as he lay with a woman. It's an abomination. That word abomination, God detests it. He hates it. That's what the Bible says, okay? I didn't write that. One more thing. And I wrote it down, but I quoted it earlier. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1. A false balance is an abomination in the sight of God. I hope I give a balance today. I don't want to think that you're not exempt from judging matters or judging situations in your house, in the church. Things that are not right, okay? But you are not the condemner. You hear what I'm saying? You are not the supreme judge that determines whether a man's going to go to heaven or hell. My God, I feel that. That's God's job, right? So close your Bibles. In my life as a Christian, I've committed to sin. Of judging others, all right? As a pastor, I see things a little bit different because I'm trying to understand why people do what they do, Kevin. I mean, what, what, what's, what's, what's the motive? 
I want, I want to tell them what the problem is, but I don't want to tell them there's a way out. You know, if I come in and bring somebody up, up here and says, yeah, this is, this is uh, brother so-and-so, and this is all their sins. Look, see it? I'm saying, we, and uh, let, let's, you know, we're going to give them an opportunity to fit up the house standards. We're going to, if you don't start looking like us and dressing like us early and talking like us, then in a week we're going to throw them out of the church. He don't say the same words we say and sound like us and dress like us and act like us. God help us. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to share some. Those dear people next door, Kevin, I pray for them. They're going to hell, man. Because they're defying God. And, and I thought about hell. I said, do you imagine what's happening in that place right now? Today, every 30 seconds in this world, they estimate somebody's going into eternity. By the time I got to 30, somebody died. Where are they going? Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. They're not flooding heaven as much as they're flooding hell. Jesus, the Lord says, he enlarges hell every day. Because so many are going there. So many, and you know, we don't want to hear about hell no more. We don't want to hear about facing uh, judgment for our sin. We don't want to hear that anymore. <clears throat> Turn on your favorite preacher. I mean, the preachers don't. And listen, find out how many of you are talking about it. When I first came to the Lord, first thing we talked about, the first thing I learned is Jesus is coming back. <clears throat> and I want to make it. It seemed like I, I walked my life every day not to miss that day. It's like I was always looking at it. I said, God, my God, you're coming back. And I want to make sure that I'm righteous. I want to make sure that I'm right with you. I want to make sure that my soul is right with you. And the more I heard the gospel, the more it was more relevant. It's more, it, was more, it was more real. Preacher got up and talked about hell. <laughs> I'd, come, I'd come and repent again. You know how many times I got saved <laughs> when I was saved? <laughs> because I, I didn't want to be away from God. Eternally judged. I wanted to be with Jesus. I wanted to walk in that river of life in heaven. When there are fruits, uh, trees are growing on both sides of that river. When I could pull off them and just eat of them fruits and live forever. Eat, eat of the fruits of heaven and live forever. I want to be in that place. And I'm going to make it. And you're going to make it. Because you have to realize your road here is now. Listen, forget about 20 years ago. Get rid of it. Forget it. Put it behind you. Because 20 years, you keep dwelling in the 20 years of phase you had 20 years ago, you're going to stay there. You're going to miss out on all the things God wants you. He doesn't want us to be in that place. He wants us to enjoy his presence. I feel his presence. He wants us to enjoy his spirit. He wants us to enjoy life with him. That's where your life should be today. That's where it should be. In the presence of the Lord. Let's stand up, y'all. I believe this is the Lord today, okay? I said, well, Lord, why do you want me to preach on judging? Because I want people to come back to me. I want people to get right. <laughs> I want people to know 
that I am the judge. And then with judgment, they make it has to be on my principles, not on ours. You know what religion does? Religion writes a list. Religion says, well, yeah, you can accept Jesus, but you've got to be baptized in a certain way. You've got to go through a formula. You've got you to have mass said, or you've got to have candles lit, or you've got to come talk to the preacher every week and make sure he blesses you. Religion has a whole bunch of rules and laws that's laid up that, that, that has nothing to do with walking a holy life. Doing some, Jesus said it like this. He said, you deny the commandment of God to the Pharisees to keep your own traditions. Think about that. What were they, what were they doing? They were adding to God's word, Kevin. They, were, <laughs> they, had, the, they had the Ten Commandments, but they, they, they add a little bit more to it. You know? It was almost like they were saying, yeah, you know, you can be saved, but you, you ain't going to get saved unless you do this and do that and do this. See, the Ten Commandments wasn't enough. See, honoring God's word and law wasn't enough. So they started saying, well, I think we can. And they started making up things like washing of the cups and the plates. You ever Jesus talk about that? Washing of the cups and the plates and, you know, eating with unwashed hands. And Jesus had to confront them and said, it says, eating with unwashed hands, I'm going to defile you. It's what comes out of you that's going to defile you. Your mouth, your heart. They didn't like it. They, they, they got angry at it, man. I mean, everywhere he, he had to look and see if he had some stones flying his way. Years ago, I thought about it. I'm a preacher. I want to, are you seeing stones? Jesus saw him. <laughs> Quite often. Because he preached to the heart. He didn't preach to the outward appearance. He preached to the inward man. And you had to examine what was wrong with the heart before you tried to dress up like a religious person. See, all these guys, they knew they could quote the Bible. The, first, the Pharisees, they could quote the first five books of the Bible by heart. They knew most of the prophets. They can quote the, the prophets. They can quote Psalms. They can quote all of that. And like Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, except the man be born again, you can't even. Nicodemus was lost. Man came to Jesus by night in John chapter 3. Nicodemus didn't know God. But wait a minute, he had a Bible. Well, what they had at that time. He knew. In the beginning, God created the heavens. And you know what it was? He put a religious costume just like everybody else. Come on, Holy Ghost. He, he dressed up just like everybody else. He wrote the little box on his head like everybody else. And everybody was doing it. And after a while, they got away from the, the holiness of God and the truth of God to keep their own religion. I'm changing. <laughs> Today, God has taught me some stuff. I, all God wants me to do is love people and tell them. You don't have to go to hell. You don't have to face judgment. You can make it right. Oh, Jesus. Father, we thank you, Father God, for today. And Lord, as we get ready to dismiss the service, Lord, I thank you that you are God of your word. My Lord, that's the only thing that matters is what Jesus says. And true judgment comes from you, Lord God, not from us. And righteous judgment comes from you, not from us. Help us, Lord Jesus.
Help us to accept your word and your truth.